0: And he goes, that's a fine. I'll take some. And he goes, you'll take what? A lemonade. A nice cold glass of lemonade.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Racketopia, a happy home for recommended movies, shows, and music from two people you can definitely trust. Trustability varies by region, no guarantees implied. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Atkinson and Jeremy Scott. As chairwoman of the reception committee, I extend the good wishes of every man, woman, and child of Fredonia. Never mind that, stuff. take a card. Card? What will I do with the card? You can keep it, I've got 51 left. Hello
0: everybody, Hi, it's everybody. episode 63. Yeah eventually eventually we get there yeah, yeah. uh today's uh, big recommend is 1933's duck soup uh mm. how you doing today jeremy
1: i'm doing well how are you sir
0: Mm. i'm doing great i'm doing great uh i want to uh, acknowledge the chat who he was here to watch us on a tuesday thank you guys for coming out seemed like you guys were excited last week for this big big recommend so i'm excited to get into it as well mm-hmm. but do you have any small recommends jeremy it's
1: no big deal it's so small and light it's small it's tiny it's petite it's wee. Mm -hmm. I do. I do have a small recommend or two. And the first one I'm going to give you is a television show you can find on Netflix called Somebody Feed Phil. Um, Mm -hmm. Phil is Phil Rosenthal, who is the creator and executive producer of Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, Mm -hmm. You may remember a documentary film called Exporting Raymond, where he goes to Russia and tries to develop a Russian version of Everybody Loves Raymond, despite having no clue about Russian culture. Um, that is a very funny documentary. Um, mm-hmm. PBS gave him a show that I think had six or eight episodes, travel food documentary called I'll Have What Phil's Having. Uh, and they did not renew it. And Netflix does what th- did what they do, and they swooped in and uh, reworked it. And it's called Somebody Feed Phil, and it's been renewed for a sixth season at this point. Wow. My wife uh, got me into this show. She's seen more of the episodes than I have. Um, But what you have to understand is that uh, this is entirely built on the personality of Phil Rosenthal. And he is just goofy, charming, charming fun he makes the most outrageous i'm loving this food faces as he's mm. eating the stuff he's enthusiastic every episode is a different city uh in addition to food highlights various charities and community work that's going on uh in the early seasons when his parents were still alive um, he used to call his parents at the end of every episode and tell them about his experience in that city and all the food he ate. Um, Sadly, his parents have passed. So now he just calls people like Ray Romano. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just really, really charming. In in the way that Anthony Bourdain was insightful and acerbic, um, witty, uh, knowledgeable. um, This guy clueless about these places and these foods and is truly learning for the first time but he's he's a, a an interested learner he's a thirsty learner and mm-hmm. uh, you learn a little something uh, but it's almost a comedy how often you end up laughing at his reactions or expressions uh, throughout the episodes so it's called <laughs> Feed Phil. it's on netflix it's got five seasons so far uh, and that's my first small recommend and i think most if, most food, travel, documentary fans will really enjoy this.
0: All right. Well, excellent. Excellent. Uh, I had never heard of this before, and I am surprised that it's got six seasons. But, uh, you know, maybe I'll I'll give this a whirl at some point. It sounds fun. It sounds a lot of fun. It is. Um, I watched uh, a movie that I heard of last year that I didn't get around to until uh, uh, this past week. It's called Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. Um, it has Emma Mm -hmm. Thompson and a guy I'd never seen before, Daryl McCormick, or at least remembered before. Um, and it's the, the, the concept of this movie is very simple. Emma Thompson is a widow, uh, who had, uh, had a very boring marriage, uh, um, and, uh, she, uh, she claims that she has a, you know, a boring son and that she has a, you know, a a, a daughter that, uh, feels like she has a more exciting life than her, but, um, but, uh, it's all, it's all basically mostly set up in this hotel room and there are several different meetings, but Emma Thompson has hired this guy, uh, who presents himself as Leo Grand, um, uh, you know, a, a male prostitute, but I don't know. You call it me sex worker or whatever there. I know the whatever you want to call it in this. Um, and she has a lot of things that she would like to experience. She's never had real sexual pleasure in her life. Um, and he, she hopes that this guy can give it to her, but for the most part, it's her and him talking back and forth about their lives. And the, the, They're, they're having what is, what seems like a nice relationship, but she doesn't seem to quite grasp that all of this is, there's still a surface of not reality in all of this. And she starts to believe that the conversations they have are so real that she can cross certain lines uh, later on, as the movie goes on, but for the most part, it's these kind. Con- it's a conversation between these two, and they're very funny. They're very touching. They're very uh, well well laid out, well written. Um, Emma Thompson in probably one of her best performances I've seen her in in a long time. I mean, she's always good. Sure, right. But <clears throat> I haven't seen a showpiece for her in a long time, and uh, that could be due to some ageism. Uh, but, um, but, uh, I really, really enjoyed this and where it went. Uh, and, uh, I, I mean, and you know, it's, it's not like, I mean, I, I don't know. It's not like, um, it's not a movie. It's not like a, a sexy movie. It's not like they're having a lot of sex in this movie. It's a lot of talking for the most part. There is some though in it, uh, you know, especially towards, uh, well, I guess towards the end, but, um. But uh, it's a very, very uh, very interesting movie. I was, I was glad that I watched it. I didn't I had I had you know, as a movie like this comes out, all you hear about like the, all the articles are like Emma Thompson talks about going nude in this in this movie. And I'm like, that's not the point of the movie guys. That's not the point. Um, I mean it, 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 ha- it serves its function, but it's not the point of the movie. It's not nearly, I mean, it's not even nearly uh, the the real reason. Uh, to watch this movie is for sexy nudity or anything like that it's just about the conversations and what you what you learn from it and uh, i would highly recommend this to you i believe that you would enjoy it all right where do you find this movie this is on Hulu. hulu um yeah
1: um so so there you go i'm uh reading the chat and uh, get ready to drink again, everybody, because my second small yeah. recommend is food related. I'm going to give you I've now made this recipe four times and I have mastered it. It's my lemon shallot tilapia recipe. And I'm going to ah. I'm going to get to it. Here's the actual photo of my actual dish. This is what I made on Sunday. Uh, tilapia is a very forgiving fish, uh, both in terms of cook uh, and in terms of flavor and something like a, a scallop you know, you basically cook it a minute too early or too late and you've ruined it. But tilapia you've got several minutes on either side of it. Um, and I, I I just throw a little olive oil in a frying pan on the stove. Take a shallot, if you got small do two shallots and mince them. If you if you got a chopper, you can use a chopper, otherwise use a knife. Mince that make it really tiny, right? Then throw that in the pan with the olive oil along with a pat of butter. All right? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to spend about 5 to 10 minutes just kind of letting those shallots cook. If you want to throw a little minced garlic in there, not going to hurt anything. All right? Then right at the end, after the shallots have cooked and they're brown and you've got a nice bubbling but- buttery uh olive oily sauce, mm-hmm. you take some uh lemon zest, or you zest a lemon on the outside and then you cut it in half, and you chop up some dill, and you throw the lemon zest and the dill in that buttery mixture. Then you got the tilapia in a glass pan, ready to go into the oven. Your oven is at 385, all right? Then you pour your buttery shallot mixture with has a little bit of dill and a little bit of lemon zest over your tilapia, all right? And then it goes in the oven for about 20 minutes. If it's cooked to about 145, it's ready to eat. But that buttery oil mixture will keep the fish really, really juicy. And then the shallots, having been cooked in the frying pan already, going into the oven, that sort of candies them and crisps them up a little bit. So when mm. you take a bite of this fish, it's a buttery, flaky fish. And then you get that pow, that little pop of candied shallot, garlic Ooh. that you put in there. Um, and, you know, tilapia is a really healthy meal. It's full of lots of good nutrients for you. Uh, and I don't use a recipe for this. I'm giving you a recipe that I have made up. There's no recipe online that I created. Hmm. I think I have gotten good enough with understanding flavors uh and then when it comes out of the oven squeeze your lemon juice over the top of it and serve mm-hmm. Boom. it sounds
0: it's amazing to me it's got delicious. all the ingredients that i freaking love
1: it took us about- 30 minutes from start to finish it came out of the mm-hmm. oven 30 minutes and we sat down and ate and it was amazing
0: <clears throat> yeah it sounds amazing um Uh, yeah. Uh, if I ever, uh, start cooking regularly, then I'm gonna have to go back on all the recotopias that we've ever done where you've uh, recommended uh, recipes and try to get back, get to to working on those, um, and everything. Uh, I wanted to also acknowledge from my, uh, my recommend of, uh, good luck to you, Leo grand, Aaron came on and said, my favorite closing shot of 2022 is in, uh, good luck to you, Leo grand. So yeah, there you go. I agree by the Interesting. way, very, 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 uh, powerful, uh, ending. Um, the, uh, the next movie I want to want to want to recommend it's funny because, uh, Aaron was uh was talking about the remake of this movie and how much he hated it. Mm. And then I went to my monthly movie night thing and they and the person who chose the movies chose the original version of this movie to watch. So I ended up watching the original. I had seen it before. It's The Vanishing from 1988. Ah. Um, uh, I'm, uh, some of you are probably familiar with the 1993 remake that had Kiefer Sutherland, Sandra Bullock, Nancy Travis, and Jeff Bridges in it. Um, uh, this movie—it's um, funny. It's a—it's uh, a—I'm I'm trying to uh, trying to think of the uh, the country of origin here because mostly uh, they speak French in the movie, and we had this debate as to whether this movie was French or if it was, uh, God, it was Danish. Maybe. I can't remember who, if it was, if, uh, who the, um, I think it was, let me try to look at this up real quick. Good radio stuff here. Um, but, uh, we, we, yeah, we couldn't figure out if it was the country of origin that the movie was, uh, was telling us, or if it was French, because mostly it's French because it's this, this couple coming from another country into France. Um, and, So it's this couple and they are, they're, they're going to do some cycling in France and it just so happens to be during the tour de France and they can hear the, the play by play on the radio and everything like that. Uh, And they go to a gas station and the, the woman Saskia decides she's going to go into the station gas station. She's going to get some, some drinks And then she's going to take over driving when she gets back and her boyfriend or friend, they keep saying friend in the sub in the, in the subtitles, but it feels like it's more than that. It feels like their boyfriend and girlfriend. Anyway, um, he's the guy, the guy Rex stays back and waits for her to come back. So she's, he's at the car and he's taking pictures and stuff like that. And then, uh, he, at some point she just doesn't come back. And he goes into the station looking for her, going into the women's restroom, all these different places, looking for her, ask the cashier if she she saw uh, his girlfriend. Nobody seems to know where she went. He's got a couple of like minor hints that she was over by the coffee machine and that some dude may have been talking to her and that she left with that guy. And so he's been, he's sitting there thinking, what the hell happened? Did she just leave me for some other dude right here at this gas station? And she, he never gets any answers about what's, what's happening with, uh, with his girlfriend. And he spends years trying to figure out and calling out who, whoever is responsible to tell him what happened. And saying basically, I forgive you. I just want to know what happened to her. And that's how desperate he gets. In the American remake, we follow Kiefer Sutherland mostly through this movie. And it's not, and it's and they don't do much Jeff Bridges until the very end. The difference here, and the same director did this as the did the American remake. Um The difference here is we really get into the villain's mindset during this thing. Oh, we go and we follow him around. He's a family man. He's got two daughters. He's, and he's sitting here trying to come up with a plan on how to do this successfully. And without anybody, without getting caught, that may be the scariest thing I can think of of, Mm. uh, when you, when you think of a villain, we always think of these villains as lonely types um who are you know who are reckless or whatever this guy is a family man he's married he's got two daughters and he still wants to do something like this and um of course this movie heads to a point where Rex and uh, the the villain's name is Ra- Raymond um uh it heads to a point where they finally meet and Raymond gives him an option that I won't repeat here just so that you can enjoy this movie for yourself. Um, but uh, uh, I really, really enjoyed this, this movie. It is way better than the American remake. Although I have, I don't know. I have a special place in my heart for that American remake, even though it's not nearly as good as the original. Uh, and it's, and then you could also argue possibly bad, especially uh, just considering how, where the movies focus is. and you get that it's, it's a, it's a fun it's a fun exercise to watch this movie and to watch the 1993 version yeah. because you get to see when a director has made his own vision somewhere. And then he goes to the States, how that vision changes. And there's it a lot of the same things happen in this, but like just a little bit of a different focus on Kiefer Sutherland and his relationship with Nancy Travis uh, after Sandra Bullock, his girlfriend gets, gets vanished or whatever. Uh, that's just the slightest change enough to make that movie inferior to this one, because we really get to get into the mind of the killer or the, well, not the killer, but the person who's responsible for vanishing somebody or whatever. We don't know what happened to him, but, um, the, uh, the, uh, it's a, it's a really well, well well-made movie. I would highly recommend this one. Uh, as well, I think that if you're familiar with the American remake and if you liked it at all or liked the concept at all, you would like this movie for sure. So
1: it sounds like, I mean, not not the same, but it sounds like what happened when I w- finally went back and watched the original Cape Fear, mm-hmm. after really only ever knowing, you know, the De Niro one, and there are a lot of the same stuff happens, but they're not the same. They're they're even more different than. It this sounds compared to I haven't seen the original Vanishing but uh, I've mm-hmm. seen the American one several times but yeah, that's fascinating. And yes, uh,
0: someone, someone uh, says Dutch. Yes, I believe it's the Netherlands is where they're coming from in this movie. And
1: <laughs> a Seinfeld episode where George doesn't, can't get, he's like, well, who are the Dutch? And he's like, that's the Netherlands. Well, then where's Holland? And he's like, yeah. they're all the same place. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Um, uh And someone also asked, did I not recommend this years ago on Sincast? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably mm-hmm. did. Uh, I remember watching it, I think, just a few years ago for the first time. And uh, yeah, decided to recommend it again because, hey, some of you motherfuckers won't listen. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we're going to get on to our big recommend. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's just that you're so big. It's so huge. It's a good rule, but this is bigger than rules. It's bigger on the inside. Is it? I noticed. Um 1933's Duck Soup, the Marx Brothers. Uh, and uh <laughs> where do I start with this movie? Um, the plot is as bare bones as possible, right? Sure. Uh you have a uh you have a government that is about to like go a deeply into debt. They need they need tax money, and they go to their wealthy uh, their wealthy backer to ask for $20 million and she says, no, I will not give you the $20 million because the government has wasted the money and we need to instant, we need to uh, install someone I like as the, uh, as the, uh, you know, ambassador or the president of this country or whatever. And that's going to be Rufus T firefly. And, uh, of course, if you are in the middle of like sins mode in this in this movie, forget it. I, I think I think this will break the sin counter. This movie because because it's like, what do you see in Rufus Firefly that says he can run a country? Yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They get him in, uh, <laughs> and they they introduce him with this big huge song. that I think is hilarious in its own right. That the you no, know, he's never. He is never late. He's gonna show up at 10 o'clock. no problem. They got all these people coming out blowing horns. there's people throwing like flower petals on the on the floor, all this other stuff and then he doesn't show up at 10 o'clock like like expected, even though they're all standing there waiting for him to walk <laughs> in. And then from somewhere, like just like nondescript he gets an alarm and he gets out of his bed he throws pajamas off he's already wearing a suit and he takes a fire pole down (laughs) to to this ceremony or whatever and so uh it's just one of those it's one of those movies like do not worry about the plot do not worry about anything that is going on in this you don't need to worry about the 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 uh the, the, the state of Fredonia or the rival country, Sylvania, you don't need to worry about any of that. Just know that, that there's some nondescript country here and that Croucho freaking Marx is going to be the leader of this country. And what follows is just, he immediately, he just like goes full on insult as soon as he can. And like to anybody that goes around a lot of like, um, uh, uh just a lot of like uh turning turning phrases around and insulting people uh a lot of double entendre a lot of just a whole bunch of just like stuff never has one nice word to say at all no no ever ever i don't think he says one nice thing in this entire in this entire movie um he is introduced to this ambassador to sylvania and that's where the sort of the conflict arises is that he insults this guy so much that it uh, sets these two countries uh, uh, at you know it's at, to a, a sort of a course towards war? Um, the ambassador uh, it was uh, was is upset because they didn't start a revolution and they could have made Sylvania uh, they could have made Fre- uh, Fre- Fredonia a part of Sylvania uh, through a revolution. That didn't work. So now he's going to have to employ two spies. The spies are played by Harpo Marks and Chico Marks. Uh, Harpo, of course, is the one who doesn't say anything. And Chico is the one who never fucking shuts up. Um, and uh, and their whole thing is basically just anytime they go into a scene, ruin that person's life as much as possible. <laughs> um, Harpo does several things in these th- in these scenes, including... Uh, He has a pair of scissors that he cuts things with every single chance he gets. Anytime somebody sticks anything out, he's cutting him with the scissors. Um, Chico goes through that whole, he goes through like a lot of like punny kind of things. If there's a difference between he and Groucho, it seems like there's more punny type stuff uh, going on with his dialogue. But they're sent out to spy on, on, uh, on Rufus and uh and it leads to the joke to shows harpo in one of those motorcycles that have the like the passenger seat next to it and she comes up to the to the palace and and rufus jumps into the passenger seat thing and he's like all right let's go and then the motorcycle drives off without him yeah. and that's why like, <laughs> becomes a recurring joke in the in the movie is that he every time he jumps in he never goes anywhere um uh there's all these interspersings of Rufus and the ambassador getting into these, uh, war of words and they just keep on escalating their, their, uh, future war over and over again. That's basically what it comes down to. Uh, and then there's these little interludes where Harpo and Chico are, uh, are, uh, ruining a lemonade stand guys, uh, <laughs> life, uh, The one of the the big uh, one of the big uh, centerpiece scenes of this is uh, they take his hat and they they keep on throwing the hat and then changing hats and throwing the hat down on the ground and kicking the hat away when he reaches down for it. And, uh, you know, and then like Harpo will like stick his leg up and like have the guy catch his leg and hold his leg.
1: That is one of the funniest things now i've seen (laughs) that bit before i've seen duck soup before but it was years ago that this may Mm -hmm. be the only place he does it or that may be a gag that he does in many films but Mm -hmm. it is the simplest any joke has ever made me laugh my ass off it is such a simple gag i grab your hand lift my leg up and now you're holding my leg up it's just (laughs) such a silly fucking thing and i was nearly crying laughing at it it was so funny
0: yeah yeah and uh and you know and just at any moment too like something like a pocket could be could be turned inside out and he cuts it with the scissors and (laughs) Like just when you're not looking, Harpo is doing something that's going to fuck your life up, man. Like <laughs> he's just, he's just that type of type of dude. Um, uh, it ends up that they are, are getting perilously close to war at this point. Like, it's, I don't know how they just keep on putting this off, but I guess there's always like, okay, I'll give him one more chance. And so yeah. then there's one more chance to insult him even more. Um, and, uh, uh, there, there's a, uh, There's a point where the ambassadors like, you know, their backer keeps the war plans in this safe and we want to get the war plans from them. And uh, and so there's a point where Rufus goes to this woman's uh, room to and she's going to give him a safe combination. The other Marx brothers decide they're going to dress up exactly like Rufus. And, uh, go in and they actually both go into her room, uh, and, and for various and, and with various, uh, things that happen there, they're successful in, in putting in, uh, in, in convincing her that, you know, he, that they're Rufus at any given time. And everything changes depending on who's playing Rufus at the time. Um there's a point where Chico plays Rufus and of course he's talking in that, uh, that, uh, that accent that he talks in and she's like, why are you, uh, why are you talking that way? And he goes, well, sometimes you go to Italy and you learn the language or something. Like that. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, there's a point where uh, Harpo uh, dressed up as Rufus ends up getting the combination. And, uh, and he like goes down to a, like a radio or something. And he turns the, turns the knob and it turns the music up way loud while everybody's sleeping and everything. He ends up having to smash the radio and then throwing it out the window and whatever. But then he ends up running away and smashing into this mirror and he hides in the room behind it. And, uh, and then Rufus comes down and this is, of course, the thing you're really going to remember from this movie
1: mm-hmm. this for good scene. reason,
0: <clears throat> yeah. it's a really, really well done scene. Uh, you know, the, of course, they are they look like each other, and they and because and Rufus is sitting there like doing all this stuff that the that Harpo behind is trying to is is imitating. And it's a little bit off, but that's exactly what you would expect in kind of a. You know, somebody doesn't know exactly what's going on. There's going to be a little there's going to be something that's a little off. But then where the comedy comes from for me is that they hide behind the wall so they can't see each other. And Rufus always comes up with these ideas that Ah, I will do this thing so that he can't see me do it. And that will that will uh, trip him up. But no matter what he does, no matter how silly it is harpo does the exact thing that this guy does no matter what and there's even a a glorious punchline to the whole thing when they have a hat like hidden behind their backs one is white one is black and you're like ah well now this is where they're going to have you know this is where he's going to be found out and whatever and so there's even a point where they, they turn around and they're even at the, in, in the other person's room by the time of the, by the time that happens. But like when it's time to put on the hat, Groucho puts on his white hat. Harpo produces a white hat that you didn't see and puts it on his head. Um, And, uh, and uh, it's just a glorious, glorious scene uh, all the way around. Uh, it's so beautifully well done. Um, uh, and this um and this uh ends up uh at at some point there's one last ditch effort for peace. And um and uh th- I think it's, it's just the trial before this. I guess the trial happens right after this. The trial that where uh Ciccolini is is uh is uh, on the stand. And this is the punniest part of the whole movie, by the way, where they turn dollars and taxes into Dallas, Texas. And they do, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in there, but um, there seems to be like, and maybe that, maybe this was before, I don't know. There's a point though, where the, where, uh, where Rufus says that, you know, uh, you know, okay, maybe I'll extend my hand and I'll finally say, you know, he'll say this and he'll accept it. And then, he sort of, he sort of like, but what if he doesn't accept it? That's the, uh, that's the, uh, what's the yeah. what, big idea there? What if he doesn't accept it and blah, blah, blah. And he, he decides that the ambassador hasn't accepted it based on this <laughs> hypothetical situation that he comes up with. And, uh, and, uh, and it ends up just going escalating into full on war at this point. And then there's this silly war song that happens where everybody like is dancing and like, you know you know like the marx brothers are all hitting you know uh people on the head as drums and they get out guitars and it's the silliest dance ever like for people wanting to go to war there is, this is. A song
1: where it's all god's chilling got guns is yes that that song? i believe that's <laughs> so what I wrote it is yeah. the title of that song and then holy shit
0: <laughs> mm, yeah 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 um And, uh, then it leads to a, a big war scene and there's a, there's some talk about, you know, you know, what's going on on the battlefield. And then it ends on this. I mean, there, there must be a joke, a millisecond in that last war battle thing. There's a point where like, uh, Groucho gets a big, huge vase over his, over his head and he's trapped, and like, and like, he's like, somebody get me out it. He says something like, The last time this happened, I was underneath a bed, I was crawling under a bed or something. Uh, and you're thinking they're gonna take the vase off, but then the next time you see him, uh, Harpo has drawn this groucho face <laughs> on the vase. There's a point where the ambassador shows up in the middle of the battle, and he's like, uh, he, he, he gets caught in the door, but before he goes in through the door, there's a sign that says help wanted outside, um, you know, because they, they needed, they need help in this, this battle. Um, uh, there's just like a million things going on. You could watch that war scene. I think, I don't know. You could watch it a good, a good 10, 15 times and miss something that yeah. happens. There's so many things going on. But uh, you know, by the end of it, they ca- because the ambassador stupidly goes into this battle and gets caught in the door, they end up winning it somehow, even though the, it was pretty clear they were losing it uh, yeah. all the way through the whole thing. But uh, um, but then it, it, the the final joke is that their backer tries to sing this, the the national anthem at the very end, and they start throwing oranges at her or whatever because she's, <laughs> she's so terrible. Um, anyway, this is a movie that um, you know. There's some stuff in here that I think you have to have lived in the thirties to get mm. there's, th- there's some jokes in here that just, I'm like, I'm, I'm at a loss. I'm still at a loss at what some of those jokes, meant. right? There's one that will come off racist. In fact, um, uh, and when he's talking about the, the headstrongs and the armstrongs and he oh, says, yeah. that's how the we're born. And yeah that is that is a reference to a very popular song from 1931 you wouldn't know that now in 2023 unless you're like a you know just somebody who's just well versed in every bit of pop culture ever or whatever uh but it but i was reading up on that that thing and i was and and somebody claimed that the song was satirical or whatever but there's no basis really i've read the lyrics to that song there's no basis in that being satirical so uh it's just a reference to a song and that's it but it's still like it just comes off weird and cringy uh this far into the future but anyway there's some jokes i don't get but man there are so many in here that are just flying through here i had to write some down uh that you know because i was like there's no way i'm going to be able to remember all of these
1: there's a style of comedy here uh that that i think is born out of like the vaudeville stage style of comedy the mm-hmm. the um not abbott and costello no abbott and costello like the who's on first kind of rapid back and forth interplay and i think that it makes sense that that's what's showing up in film comedies where they're taking this physical inspiration from the stuff we've been watching um mm-hmm. like buster keaton and charlie chaplin um but now uh, they can add dialogue instead of just a screen with a few words. Uh, and so he walks in and meets this Teasdale lady. And th- th- this is the exchange. Not that I care, but where's your husband? Why, he's dead. I bet he's just using that as an excuse. I was with <laughs> him to the very end. No wonder he passed away. I held him in my arms and kissed him. Oh, I see. Then it was murder. Um, <laughs> yes. it's th- that whole scene is like that. And uh, it goes by so fast. Um, but. It just adds another layer because there's a lot of physical stuff happening in this movie, too. Mm -hmm. And as I've been doing for each of these, I want to point out the guy that played the peanut lemonade vendor is doing every bit the work that the two Marx brothers are doing on either side of him. Edward Uh, Kennedy
0: apparently had done 250 movies before this movie wow he's one of those guys when you look up edgar kennedy he he had 451 credits and i'm sure most of it was stuff like this like where he was just you know kind of in the scene or whatever yes he is doing stuff that is completely under the radar that he's helping out with in these scenes with harpo and chico um It's it's amazing. So yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, and, uh, and 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 uh, someone else in the chat brought up that Margaret Dumont, who plays Gloria Teasdale, who's the backer in this, yeah. is also excellent in this yeah. as well. And wanted to name them for sure. Uh, it's interesting. I didn't know much about I don't I've seen a few Marx Brothers movies, but Zeppo Marx, of course, gets the the thankless task of being the straight man all the right. way through. Right. And I believe after this, this particular movie, he quit acting because he was done being the unfunny Marx brother. Um, Yeah. Which is, which it does suck because I think his character serves a lot of good purpose in this setting up a lot of things. And, you know, I get it. You know, you don't want to be just the setup guy all the time. You want to be able to be the one that makes the people laugh and, and people just I'm sure people just forgot what Zeppo marks brought to this. Yeah. Uh, this movie, he's just playing Bob Roland his uh, the, uh, you know, Rufus's assistant or whatever you want to call it, uh, in this, but, um, but, uh, I, uh, I looked up, I, I so I, yeah, I wrote down, uh, a few and you did one that I, one of the exchanges, uh, oh, that I, that I really like, no, 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 that's fine. Um, uh, the, the, of course, Rufus is, is, he's not he's not not only is he not not only is he worse probably than whoever was in charge before but he's like just easily corruptible no no problem like everything he says he says it out in the open basically saying you know just wait till i get a hold of it basically and like you know all that so there's a point where he says um You know, the Secretary of Labor says, The Department of Labor wishes to report that the workers of Fredonia are demanding shorter hours. He goes, Very well, we'll give them shorter hours. We'll start by cutting their lunch hour to 20 minutes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, uh, And then, uh, let's see, um, this is uh, (laughs) Bob Zeppo Marx's message from the front, sir. He goes, oh, I'm sick of messages from the front. Don't we ever get messages from the side? What is it? General Smith reports a gas attack. He wants to know what to do. He goes, Tell him to take a tea- pool, teaspoonful of bicarbonate baking soda and half, half a glass of water. <laughs> uh, I really, really like that. Um, uh, and then, um, and then let's see. Um, yeah, the one that I was talking about where he changes uh, his mind all the way through this, uh. Um, where he goes, I'd be unworthy of the high trust that's been placed in me if I didn't do everything in my power to keep our beloved Fredonia in, in, in peace with the world. I'd be only too happy to meet with Ambassador Trentino and offer him on behalf of my country the right hand of good fellowship. And I feel sure he will accept this gesture in the spirit of which it is offered. But suppose he doesn't. <laughs> A fine thing that'll be. I hold out my hand and he refuses to accept. That'll add a lot to my prestige, won't it? Won't it? Me, the head of a country, snubbed by a foreign ambassador. Who does he think he is that can come here and make a sap of me in front of all my people? Think of it. I hold out my hand, and that hyena refuses to accept. Why, the cheap, poor, flushing swine! He'll never get away with it. I tell you, he'll never get away with it. <laughs> uh, and you know, I mean the 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 fun little the fun little puns and stuff. The the judge says that sort of testimony. That sort of testimony we can eliminate. And he goes, that's a fine. I'll take some. And he goes, you'll take what? A lemonade. A nice cold glass of lemonade. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, there's a, there's a, this is just one of those where the jokes are just, just flying past. And there's so many good, like visual moments in it and everything. This is, uh, of course, uh, well worthy of its classic status. And from what I understand, the director, Leo McCary, did not want to do this movie did not want to do a marx brothers movie and for whatever reason he ended up being on one and he said that i don't even know how I survived shooting that because the marx brothers are insane they are <laughs> absolutely insane you can just imagine what it's like those pro- those guys are were probably always on yeah you know what i
1: mean yeah they're probably always on and there's three prison. of them doing that <clears throat>
0: yeah yeah and there's a there's a there's even a story that uh the writers were hanging out and an extra was uh was somewhere in earshot and the extra started saying something to the effect that whoever wrote this needs to be executed and like there this is this is the worst thing i've ever been on and all that and one of the writers starts getting mad and he's about to say something and then it finds out that harpo put the extra up to it uh to that he paid him some money to uh to say that in front of the writers and everything so That's funny there's probably they're probably just pranks galore going oh on oh my on this god thing. this is something one of, those, one of those movies i'd love to hear a lot of the behind the scenes on or just about any marx brothers movie probably
1: for sure so, um, um two moments i wanted to make sure i talked about um uh, we've mm-hmm. gotten through most of them uh the one guy with harpo where they bring a telegram to the ambassador of sylvia or whatever uh, sylvania and harper Mm -hmm. grabs the telegram and scams it back and forth left and right crumples Mm -hmm. it up and throws it on the ground and then (laughs) the other (laughs) one goes he gets mad because he can't read (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um and then there's a shot um of a a guy with a tattoo of a dog house yeah it's Harper. and then briefly a dog's head Comes out of that tattoo, <laughs> yes. And I was struck by how good that looked for 1933. Like mm-hmm. that's better than some effects you saw in the 80s and 90s. And um anyway, there was a lot of that that I thought happened in this movie where I was like, "Wow, that's kind of a cool trick that you wouldn't expect the Marx Brothers to do with that with the camera or what happened."
0: What so, I loved about that scene is that it—you know—it's another one of those you know, how the hell do they have the you know, how the hell is this possible kind of logic or whatever? And I love that type of thing. It's kind of like the mirror scene where uh, you know, Rufus is asking him, you know, who who are you? And so he just shows a picture of himself on his bicep or whatever. And like, oh really that looks like good work who did you get that from and then it shows he shows the tattoo of the woman that gave him the tattoo or whatever <laughs> and then she goes oh really do you have her he's like do you have her number and he's got his got her number he written number on, on her back. stomach and then like and then he's like where do you live and then he shows the where he lives which is the dog house that you're talking about and uh and he's like well that's not a cool place to live and then like the dog comes out and barks or whatever and he's like He's like, well, I bet you don't have my grandfather's uh, picture in there or whatever. And he starts pulling down his (laughs) pants and, uh, and, uh, he's like, no, no, maybe for later or something like that. Um, there's another wacky scene in there that I love too, is when they, when Rufus is on the radio and he's trying to get help and they said, help is on the way. And so you have firefighters, cops. You have uh, uh like a rowing team, a swimming team, uh, uh monkeys and elephants. Everybody like sh- showing up to to help in the war effort. Uh, after this, it's one. It's just a nutty ass. Like that's where you know, that's where like you know you feel like the Zucker brothers probably watched a bunch of Marx Brothers. movies yeah. Back in the day. Um, yeah because there's just so much insanity in that. And there's one more like exchange too, that I'd like to, uh, to mention on this. Um, uh, It's the one where it's, he's talking about, um, he's talking about uh, where Chico was talking about going to, uh, to uh, spy on, on Rufus. And uh, I don't think I have it, have it there, but it, Basically, it's a, he says something to the effect of like we followed him on Tuesday uh, to the game, but he wasn't there. We went to Wednesday and we fooled him, and we and we weren't there. Were. <laughs> and then on Thursday there was a doubleheader, nobody showed up for that, and then on Friday it rained, so there was no game. So we went home and listened to it on the radio. <laughs> That's one of my favorite, like, if you blink and if you give up on that joke too early, you're not going to catch that. Um, so, um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I love that. I love that type of stuff. Um, it looks like also the chat was, uh, you know, they've, they've mentioned a whole bunch of like, uh, uh, uh great scenes and great actors in here as well uh and there's a lot of like good um uh, super secret double feature choices mm. but uh, jeremy mm. what is your super secret double feature for duck soup be very very quiet secret what secret a
1: dirty little secret i tell you something i've never told anyone I I want to give credit to Castro here because he's right. Inspector General would be a really good choice. Uh, Yep. But we've already Main recommended that, and we're only a little over a year into the show, and I'm not quite ready to start, you know, recycling Main recommends into super secret double features Uh, Mm -hmm. as long as possible. I would like to challenge myself. I did briefly consider Court Jester, another er era specific. Um, Mm -hmm. Danny Kay movie that's both verbally funny and slapstick physical comedy. Um, But um, ultimately I'm going with a more modern film that I think uh, touches on a lot more of the same themes while still having verbal and physical comedy and that is The Death of Stalin. Ooh! Yes! This is is
0: really good! uh,
1: full of uh, inept government officials uh, who are selfish. Uh, One of the reasons I didn't want to do Court Jester is that he's a good guy he's a hero and mm-hmm. the marx brothers in duck soup are all terrible people um, yeah and so is pretty much everyone in the death of stalin stalin has died and they're all jockeying for position but they're all morons uh mm-hmm. they're all way out of their depth um <clears throat> and uh, i think there's something you know tonally thematically that you could take a piece of thread from uh the death of stalin and you know, tie it back to a duck soup kind of movie yeah. as a partial influence um, so yeah, that's what I went with the death of Stalin. I love which, it. Having said that out loud on Recotopia for the first time, that might have to be a main recommend someday. Because
0: it might have, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, uh, All right, anyway, then gonna- um, that's an awesome uh double feature. That's uh, that's uh, I was sitting there thinking Inspector General this whole time too. I knew you would not pick that before that very <laughs> reason that you were uh, that you mentioned there. But uh, I love this double feature as well. I think that would be great. Uh, All right. So what is next week's homework,
1: Next week's homework, everybody, is a movie that I know Chris and I both have seen several times and both really, really like. It is 2003's Shattered Glass.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: This is a biographical drama about journalist Stephen Glass who wrote for The New Republic and was ultimately exposed to have made up uh, a great deal of his stories and details within his stories mm. um this cast is stacked uh you have hayden christensen playing the lead role peter sarsgaard chloe sevigne rosario Daw- dawson re- newly resurgently popular melanie linsky um yeah. hank azaria and steve zahn um and so this is basically the story about how he was caught and who caught him uh, and his eventual downfall. This movie can be found in many places for free: Tubi with ads, YouTube, it's free, Roku Channel, Amazon Prime Video, it's free, and then it's rentable in all the usual places. It's an hour and thirty-nine minutes. Not going to take too much of your day, and uh, I can't wait to get back to it. I haven't seen it in probably four years. So
0: yeah, this is excellent, and um, I always get chills when I see. A particular scene with Peter Sarsgaard in this in this movie uh, that uh, always I, I think is the point of the entire thing, and um, uh, we could we could use some more Peter Sarsgaard type of characters in real life. I yes. think. or the whoever I can't remember the 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 guy he's playing. We're going to use more of that guy. Uh, So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I love Shattered Glass quite a bit. I've seen it many times. Um, um, All right. Do we have some time for some
1: questions? Any questions? Questions? Let's do questions. Question.
0: Question. I got something to say. I want the truth.
1: I am listening. This is uh, inspired by the Marvels trailer that came out a few weeks ago. But this person says, been waiting for years for a movie to use. Don't you don't you tell me to smile from beastie boys mm. uh in a film with powerful women leads what song do you love that you were waiting for a movie to use
0: mm, okay um well uh this is sort of recency bias but one of my favorite songs of the last five years is manchester orchestra's bedhead um Ooh, well, i love that song and, uh, I could really, I could really pick a number of Manchester orchestra songs going on that would be great in movies, uh, bedhead, uh, if you wanted to take it literally, I believe, uh, like if you wanted to take it, not literally, if you wanted to take it the way I believe the band has described it is that it's about, um, about two friends who are living in separate realities. And in this day and age, I think that's not, it's not too far. We, it's, not too far to say that if you are a part of one side of per person who watches a you know a d- dose of left left media, you're this person. If you watch a big dose of right uh, media, you are this person, and you think of realities two different realities. And I think that's sort of what Bedhead's about. But it also has mentions of ghosts and things like that in it. Mm-hmm. Can easily be misappropriated for a ghost story if you wanted to because mm. the song itself is fairly haunting i think um but uh but uh i i'd love to hear bedhead in a movie
1: you song. saw them live uh right a couple years yeah. back did, they, did mm-hmm. they play this song they did yeah i bet that they song played like the they
0: played live. like the first And when they, when they came on stage, they played like the first five songs of that new album at the time, the new album, and it, and it was in order. So yeah, they played that whole thing like that. And then they started mixing it up, but yeah, they're great live band too.
1: Slap says he's waiting years for removing to use Leonard Cohen's hallelujah.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. You know, what's funny is that, uh, somebody I follow on Twitter, uh, answered the question of. Give an honest but definitely unpopular take on a song that you hate, or or a song or something. And he said, he said Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah is hot garbage. There, I said it. That's And awesome. I could and I could not help but think that the, when we did Watchmen, you wrote yeah. that sin about this is the worst cover Leonard Cohen cover I've ever heard. This is still one of my favorite trolley jokes we've
1: ever done. Um, so. Oh man, well, and I hate. The leonard cohen version of that song but mm-hmm. the jeff buckley version of that song i think is amazing so mm-hmm. yeah. um my answer to this question uh is fire island by fountains of wayne um mm-hmm. which you may or may not know listeners it's a it's a ballad about how the parents have gone on a trip to fire island and we kids are old enough to take care of ourselves don't worry we're gonna be okay um and You know things probably aren't going to be okay and i think if you had like one of those house party not the movie house party but like in 10 things i hate about you and they have that massive house party at bogie lowenstein's house if you wanted to Mm -hmm. do like a morning after pan through the aftermath of the party and the passed out bodies this song would be perfect yeah um and it's just that album is full of um gems that didn't get a lot of radio airplay um and i miss fountains of on it mm-hmm. they're gone but anyway that was my answer and uh anyone else's paint it black that's a joke that's good
0: yeah 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 <laughs> like, <clears throat> and, and somebody else mentioned fortunate son like that's never used yeah, yeah all right <laughs> um yeah um uh yeah well and josh says josh zero says beck's song farewell ride is awesome trailer fodder love that song mm. so yeah we got at least one legit one in there um we have room for one more
1: we have room for one more i think we need one more um we do have a recasting i keep scooting but I'll, this one's funner so muppets okay. remake oh, muppets remake a horror film which horror movie would you choose to remake and which characters remain human among the muppets
0: oh <clears throat> see i didn't read that part okay um
1: i didn't read uh, that part either uh
0: and 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 i and i was sitting there thinking boy i'd probably need some humans in this because the muppets don't have a lot of female characters they have i mean they have you know that miss piggy is the main one but then there's like a bunch of like side characters or like people you you may not even be blinked and you missed and you didn't get you didn't see them but um i went with uh scream on this um uh miss piggy is sydney prescott (laughs) um kermit is billy loomis now there's a caveat to that but kermit it will be billy loomis in this Fozzie bear will be Stu mocker uh scooter is randy uh camilla the chicken is gail weathers uh gonzo is deputy dewey uh annie sue is tatum and uh, i have no idea who to cast as casey (laughs) in this um who uh, the, the drew Barrymore character but I ended up thinking you know what you're if you're watching a scream uh Muppets parody and you see Kermit and Fozzie playing the characters that end up being the killers in the original scream that's probably not going to go over too well because uh you know those are those are the two one of the two good guys you think of in Muppets uh, but I was I was thinking you could end up with Statler and Waldorf as the killers by the end of the movie <laughs> uh, because you have to make them the killers at the end of the movie. Um, I was looking for a like a for for characters for Roth to play and I couldn't really yeah. come up with one yeah. Um, it, it's funny because there's a who's the there is there I thought of a I thought of a casting for you know in Scream there's a point where Henry Winkler goes out into the hall and he sees that janitor. And it's yeah. Wes Craven playing a janitor, playing basically Freddy Krueger or whatever. You could make Beauregard the the Freddy Krueger uh, janitor in that because he's yeah. a janitor as well. <laughs> so stuff like that. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I I wish that I had thought more about the human characters because I would have, you're obviously going to have to have, some of the women in this are going to have to play like, you know, are gonna have to play the human characters, like the so because there's not very many female Muppets, but that's what it went with anyway. I think that's beginnings of something, maybe possibly. Um,
1: you know, I may I may change up on the fly because I feel like when they have a human character in uh, the Christmas Carol, it's the main character. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna say I'm doing Alien, and okay. I'm gonna say that Ripley is a talented young actress let's go with zendaya okay. um, and then from here gonzo and rizzo are going to be the harry dean stanton and yay Kodo characters uh we're going to have Fozzie bear as ash the android we're going to have rolf as the captain of the ship mm-hmm. and then lambert the other female officer i'm going with janice from the electric mayhem um yeah. and then a- animal is going to play the John Hurt role.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes. The, the alien pop out of his <laughs> Oh my God, that would be amazing.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, these kind of questions are always fun. There's some good ones here in the chat too, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Muppets
1: um, Muppet Centipede. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Cabin in the Woods, but keep Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford. That's funny.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. All right, well uh that's gonna do it for this week um uh next week is shattered glass can't wait to rewatch that that's gonna be awesome um uh once again like to thank the chat for coming out here and uh uh, giving us some time i I appreciate you guys coming out and watching us every tuesday Mm -hmm. um but uh that's gonna do it for this episode we'll see ya Bye. bye everybody Part of the live show by being a member of the Sin Club at Patreon at patreon.com slash cinema sins. Chat with us on the Cinemasins Discord at discord.gg slash cinema sins or cinema sins Twitter at Cinemasins, and email any comments or questions to Recotopia at cinemasins.com. That's R-E-C-O-T-O-P-I-A at cinemasins.com
1: Our baseball teams are doing very well. My baseball team has a seven-game winning streak. Yeah, that's that's awesome. We beat the shit out of Chris Sale for the second time last
0: night. <laughs> Chris Sale has most is most likely washed. I don't know why they keep throwing that guy out. Uh, he used to be unbelievable. It's um, crazy
1: how fast they go from unhittable to washed, like Lincecum. Like yeah. it just seemed like it happened in two years.
0: Well, if you look at, and I'm not, tell, I'm not saying their windups were the reason for this. Uh, both of them had unusual windups, which I think as you age is harder to replicate over and over and over again. Um, I wrote, I remember when we were doing regular blog posts way back in the day, I wrote a thing about Tim Lincecum where he, and this is when he was awesome. I said, I don't know if this guy. Is going to be able to keep doing this with the windup that he has because as he gets older it's going to start getting harder and i don't know how long it didn't take him long after that before he just started and you know i mean when you throw that hard it's just you're i think you're just going to wear down with that kind of with those kind of mechanics and chris sale has one of the wildest windups right there is um and he got hurt many years ago and i'm i'm i think it's just because they've got the sunk cost fallacy going on with him that cuz they yeah. they they spent a ton of money on him um and they just like well we'll just keep on throwing him out there maybe he'll re- regain that 2014 magic or whatever it is you know that they're looking for there and it's not probably going to happen um unfortunately
1: it's so funny. Like, my wife, bless her heart, over the last... As I have jumped from only watching the playoffs to watching baseball every day mm-hmm. over the last year and a half, she's been getting a lot of baseball talk coming mm-hmm. at her and me having to explain, okay, so this is, you know, an infield fly rule, and this is why I don't think they should have called... It, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was telling her uh, that exact thing yesterday, that you... We played a bunch of bad teams so far but that you're supposed to beat those teams and then when you play the good teams you just try and break even if you do that you should end up near or in the playoffs Mm -hmm. so yeah we might have a shot we might have a shot and i might have mentioned this already and if i did i apologize but on this orioles yeah I, i think i did this orioles blog that i follow their daily updates they call that bird droppings oh and i don't like that i <laughs> don't
0: like that either um, try to find something that's more oriel specific than you know than just any bird th- yeah i, I mean know.
1: i understand making a pun that's related to you know tidbits of news or something but that like every day i have to see that headline and think ew every single mm. day
0: you know what's weird is uh you know uh you, you, i don't know if you're reading what like what used to be an SB Nation blog or whatever like that like SB Nation had this series of things and i think they got bought by Vox or something like that and then now Vox is having trouble with keeping maintaining all of these and a lot of just at a local level a lot of these uh these uh team specific blogs are either vanishing or they're Having to find new platforms or something, I don't know. But the the in the heyday, it was weird to me that when I would go, the the one the SB Nation blog for the Predators was on the four check. and yeah. so if you went to anybody else's blog, though, their name had something to do with the team. You know, it was you know it, like it would have some punny or like very whatever but the predators it was on the forecheck it was as bland a hockey name as you could possibly come up with um and i always wondered why it was like that considering like every team if you looked at every team they had some sort of name uh, dedicated to their own team name but whatever
1: so i'm gonna i'm gonna go see since this will air after the fact I'm going to go see Nickel Creek with my wife mm-hmm. on Thursday night mm-hmm. at the Ryman. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to go to dinner beforehand at a steakhouse I've never been to. That's yeah. right. Outside uh, the food hall. It's called um, Eddie V's. Okay. Eddie V's. Eddie V's. So we're going to have quite the date night. The downtown, It's thank God it's Thursday. The, the The concerts were Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And I was like, I really don't. I really don't want to be downtown Friday and Saturday, Mm -hmm. um, even if it's to see Nickel Creek.
0: Yeah, I mean, these days it doesn't necessarily matter, but you'd rather want to do it on (laughs)
1: Thursday. For sure. I mean, it won't be that much better, but it'll be slightly better. Yeah. And I thought this was a reunion concert because they haven't been a band for like a decade, but it Mm -hmm. turns out they have a new album coming uh, that they recorded during the pandemic. Hmm. So... Not only, I, I thought I was going to go hear them play all the hits, and I'm sure they'll play some hits, but um, I'm probably going to hear a lot of brand new music that they've never performed before. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping I get to sit next to Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah. That'd be amazing. I don't i don't know that they'll be there, but I do think Nickel Creek has the kind of reputation in musicians that there will be people there that are probably recognizable whether I see them or not.
0: hmm Yeah did you see that equalizer three trailer
1: oh shit i saw the poster yesterday but i didn't see the trailer is it good
0: oh it's okay it's just it the, i think the what most people are talking about is the fact that it's a reunion with dakota fanning from man on fire uh, uh, and yeah. denzel washington and uh so i i heard about this and i was like i'll watch this trailer and see what uh what uh, D- denzel and dakota are getting up and getting up to these days and the whole trailer it's like Denzel some other woman uh, blah 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 nothing going on there's no Dakota fanning for the lo- for the entire trailer and then finally oh, at the very end they're sitting at a table talking and i'm like i bet that i hope that's not the only scene that she comes in and like Hey, I got a job for you, and then she leaves,
1: and that's the <laughs> that's the Dakota, the Dakota Fanning scene that everybody's talking about. Um, that would absolutely suck. So the first one I really enjoyed. The second one I thought was uh, a was slog to get through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have never watched the Queen Latifah show, mm-hmm. but I was kind of hoping that she was going to be in this movie, and yeah, like they would team up to take down somebody that would be pretty awesome happened in the fourth one yeah so. there's this
0: uh, there's a we- still a weird dividing line between tv shows and movies aren't there whenever there's sort of an overlap like yeah like a lot of when they were doing superman stuff a lot of people were like why don't you do stuff with smallville cast and blah 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 yeah. and like and they're like no it you know i that 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 Justin Long scene in Barbarian has got to be like really close to home for a lot of people, man. I mean, you mean, the square footage scene? Well, no, no. The when he's on the phone and he's just like, no, there's no care in the world. No, oh. he's on top of the world, and then suddenly he gets a call, and you well, know, your and it, over. your career's <laughs> over. And there's nothing, there's nothing you can say at this point because we've already
1: figured it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. What a terrible person! Yeah, but really terrible yeah. person. I mean, you have to you have to at this point. It's not like we can assume. Well, now we've fi- we've gotten them all. Like all the all the people in Hollywood who are bad abusers, we we they've been outed. That, mm. you can, that can't be the case. No, this is just like okay. So steroids in baseball and abusing people is not the same thing. I want to mm-hmm. make that clear. But when the steroid thing was coming out, and every few months a new person was. Uh, it, Came out that they use steroids and they use steroids. I just kept thinking, not Cal Ripken, not Cal Ripken, not Cal yeah. Ripken. Yeah, but they took it took so many of our heroes with that scandal, um, and it's kind of like that now with the actors. Like I'm looking at, like not this person, you know, mm-hmm. not Logan Lerman. Please. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Such a sweetheart. Um, and
0: and and there is no accusations against Logan
1: Lerman. No, no, none. I'm sorry. Oh god. Um. Let's start the countdown. Yeah, so I Stop please. embarrassing myself. Yes.